All right. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Stories of Selling Human podcast. I'm your host, Alex Smith, and I started this podcast because I believe everyone in the world will someday be faced with a situation, could be business, could be personal, that requires you to create change. I think we all want to be heard, seen, and understood, but the people who get our attention and convince, persuade, or influence us are not just salespeople. I think there are great human beings throughout all walks of life that we're drawn to. I'm gonna share their stories here so we can tap into what makes us human, practice our human skills, and ultimately we'll all become better at selling by being human. All right, gang, Um, you know what? I've, I've wanted to talk to this person for a long time. Her name, I feel like, just represents who she is, and you'll you'll see why when when she gets on. She's a coach with the Sales Rebellion. I love her tagline on LinkedIn. You know, she's a rebel. Uh, she's a light. She wants to be an encourager, motivator, dreamer. She's a Kiwi. And she has uh, such an accomplished career in sales. She sold everything from batteries to light bulbs to, you know, sales coaching to you name it. She's sold it. I am so pleased to welcome none other than Joy Hewitt Carvajal to the podcast. Welcome, Joy. Hey, Alex. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm so excited. I've been wanting to talk to you for ages, too. So this is fun to, you know, everybody gets to hear our first conversation. This is going to be really exciting. <laughs> yeah, literally. We're just literally like we know each other for so long uh, online. It's so funny how you can get so close to people from afar with um, technology nowadays. And I feel like that with you. And then, you know, yeah, literally our first conversation and a first of what I hope to be many. I, you know, I say that like about your first name, Joy. I don't know if like your your parents knew something about you, but I feel like it literally is like a personification of you, like your name, Joy, is like what I feel like when I listen to you and watch your videos or see your, you know, um, posts, because it is, it's true happiness, um, I feel like that you have in your life. So my first question, a little bit about you. So talking about kind of like, you know, where you grew up and who you are. So one of the things in your title is, is Kiwi. And for those of you that don't know what a Kiwi is, you know, maybe you can explain that, but sure. <laughs> you know, someone from New Ze- Zealand, what does it mean to be a Kiwi and what are people from where you grew up like and who are they? Sure. So I was born and raised in New Zealand and Kiwi, the Kiwi bird is actually our native national bird. It's a flightless bird, ironically. Um, and New Zealanders travel all the time. So it's, it's just kind of hilarious, right? That a flightless bird got named as our national bird, but it's also really rare. And it's on the like protected species list because it's so rare. Uh, and there's not that many New Zealanders as I think currently we're at 5 million people as a population, but we do tend to make our way all over the world. And so to be a Kiwi is to be accepting really of a lot of cultures is to be because like, in New Zealand, you just, you have all the food, like there's some of everything there, you know, even for something so small, we still have some really key iconic, like New Zealand cuisine, but like you could go down the street and find Korean food or Indian food, or maybe something from Africa. Like there's just these, these options, you know? And so I love the fact that it's a culturally diverse place where we love to travel. We like to open our horizons and see things on a, a bigger picture. And so to be a Kiwi for me is to also be like coming from a place of like safety. Like we, 
don't automatically think that everything's dangerous. <laughs> and so there's been an interesting like journey for me in the States, right? Where, and we're, we live in a relatively safe area, but at the same time, like there is always risk. But when you come from somewhere so safe, you're not constantly looking for the worst case scenarios to be happening around you. And so I feel like it, you almost come from this optimism of like, you're good, you're safe, everything's fine. And I, I like that. I don't like when that world gets shaken, but <laughs> I I really enjoy being a Kiwi. And it, it also means we get some great conversations, you know, like the conversations about New Zealand and the beauty. I grew up around such beautiful landscapes. The people were so kind. It was just pretty incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I still need to, it's it's on the bucket list of places to go, Australia, New Zealand. Um, you know, I don't know too many. I love the accent and I can, you can kind of hear it a little bit in yours. I feel like you got, I don't know if you want to call it an American Kiwi accent or something, but I don't think you'll ever lose it. <laughs> I hope not. It's pretty butchered. Like, I, and you can blame Texas for that. <laughs> oh no. Fault. I live there, but it's their fault. <laughs> Maybe the first Kiwi. Texan that I've met um, or will ever meet, maybe. Um, right. Well, you know, okay. So before we get into talking about like just how you approach, you know, just like I really feel you're awesome with like just really intentionally caring about others' lives. And, um, you know, it comes across in what you put out into the world. And, and a lot of people in sales, like, you know, can't make that connection with a faceless person. Maybe that's also like kind of a good seg- kind of connection with us. Yeah. It's like, we found this no, way to really connect. Interrupting me. Yeah, that's okay. Um, you know, in, in 2021, we, we uh, you know, I, w- I was getting into talking about how we connect remotely and we connect with mm-hmm. like things like this in your real life, like, you know, yes, babies in the background. And my son is legitimately right <laughs> here. Your son. Oh, I love, I love that. So like, you know, but like before this, you know, <laughs> what's your son's name, by the way? His name is Connor. Connor. So, you know, Connor's showing me for him because it must Connor's, Connor's showing off. I love it. I love yeah. it. So Connor is showing off. My question was around, you know, connecting with people so well and um, how you do that. So before I get to that question, because you just made me think of, of a follow up to this, I just want people to kind of know you and maybe they can, you know, kind of see how, you know, maybe in your life, certain events and things have have given you this like framework of how, of how you truly go about connecting with people. So like just Joy, if you could tell a kind of and go, take this question however you want to take it, but you know, if you look back at your life, like what are kind of some of the values, maybe some of the people, some of the events that have contributed to make you joy the person that we see today on this call? Like, if you want, if you, if there was a yeah. certain markers um, that you think that really kind of uh, contributed to that, to, to the person that we see today. So I was raised by a, a powerful woman of God who has been through a lot and also healed through a lot. Because it's a big difference between going through a lot and still carrying all of the hurt with you and letting yourself heal. And because I watched essentially her journey as the oldest child of three brothers, 
I automatically had to learn how to negotiate. We also didn't have TV. So we literally were each other's entertainment, right? I, I remember negotiating with my brother to like, he would literally ride with me on the carrier of the bike and he would transport me. <laughs> now, granted, he was bigger than me, not by age, but in stature, right? Yeah. Like he was almost three years younger than me, yet he was taller than me by the time I was six. And he's now six foot what? five, and I'm still oh. five four, oh. right? Like, so, and he's kind of the engineer mind, and I was always the mouth, right? Like, I could take what he said that was really tactical, and I could like break it down and to turn it into something that was actually palatable for somebody to listen and understand without getting offended by his tone and his attitude about it. Right. So I think there was a lot of my experience just even here of interacting with my brothers, my siblings, my mom and dad, you know, my mom would always let me, if I could come up with a decent argument and like way of negotiating something, she would let me have it. Right. So I literally, if I could convince her that what my idea was good enough, why it was good enough, then I literally got to go ahead. And so there was these areas in my life which I could change her mind, right? Like I was Mm, able to change her mind based on my own skill set. And so because I learned these things, I also learned, I, I did, my parents were not wealthy. They were present, just not wealthy, which I would take present over wealthy and absent all day. And so my my parents weren't wealthy and I knew I needed to go to camp. And I was like, okay, how do I get to camp? I need a hundred dollars. And like, occasionally I used to go and like watch my neighbor's animals for them. I lived on in the country and they lived in this like little lifestyle block and had geese and chickens and cats. And they would, they were, a, he was a doctor and I'd go away on these like lavish vacations and I would like watch the animals for them. And my mom always thought I got overpaid that paid me at 50 bucks or something for a couple of weeks work. And I had to bike like half a mile just to get to their house. And so there was a lot of hard work just in general in my life that I had to work for money. Right. And so I understood this was a concept I could accomplish. And so when I needed to go to camp, I went and I decided to go to the local gas station. We call them a petrol station back home, but I would, and I went to the gas station. I said, look, can I wash people's cars here? And it was a rural gas station. It wasn't anything like in a city. It was actually still fairly far away, but it was on a main road. And so I would go there and people would come in and get their gas. And I would ask them. And I, so for a while I would say, you know, and I'd give them a price, like, can I wash your car? I'm going to camp. I'm fundraising. This is my price. But then I learned that I was better off with the risk of asking for a donation than I was giving it a a named price because I was more likely to get more money if I said donation because people's, they feel bad giving less, right? They literally, there was a conscience like tear. So if I didn't give them a number, they always went higher. And then I went to a busier gas station that was a bit further up the road, closer to the main town. And I got better traction there because people from even in town would kind of come out there and go to that gas, gas station occasionally. And so, but also big trucks would come in there that gas station would actually wash their front windshields because it was all the flat nose trucks. You'd see a few of the ones with the ones that stuck out, but like you see here. And so you climb up on a ladder and you like clean their windshield for them because like they have tons of bugs and stuff on them. Well, the the gas station did that for free, right? Well, I would go and do it and I'd I'd get them to give me a donation. And then I would pit them against whoever it was from the the previous truck in the same company. So, you know, the guy from the last company, 
your same company, like I washed his window and he gave me $10. Are you going to let him beat you? Right? Like I'd literally make it a competition that they didn't even know existed against themselves and they'd give me 12, right? Or 11. Like they would, they would like beat out the other guy. And it was just like the way I, I like evolved. And it was these Saturdays that I would get there eight in the morning and be there till five in the afternoon. Me and my best friend, we would just go and we learned we could make good money doing this. And I remember going to work for a market gardener, um, which is somebody who basically grows fruit and vegetables. And they paid me $4 and 50 cents an hour. I lasted one day. I was like, I can make more money freaking washing people's cars down at the gas station than working for these jokers, you know? I was like, I'm out. So I, I stopped doing that and I went back to washing cars because I, I made better money. But it was essentially my first taste of sales, right? Of learning. I've got a gift. I've got a resource. I need change. Like my change was I needed to get to camp. I, I legitimately did. And so Sometimes it would take me a few weeks to save up enough money. The gas station did fine because I'd buy pies and soft drinks and all that stuff from them with my my money that I'm earning <laughs> from their patrons. So like they they didn't lose, but it was that was a big part of my experience in getting into sales in general of just kind of taking advantage of an opportunity and having a situation that I needed to, to change. Awesome. Did anybody expect it to be free? The car washes? Yeah. The oh, like no. you said, like the, you said the gas station. No, the um like you know, doing their windshield and stuff like that. You know, that the 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 gas station would do it for free, but you'd do it for a donation. Did they even so, did that even cross their mind? Because you were just, you know, doing it, all sorts of other stuff and you know, they liked you or what? Yeah, it, it worked out because it was typically one guy that was always at that gas station. Okay. Um he was a he was a nice guy with blonde hair and a bowl haircut. And he was just always, always there. Like he, he basically ran. And so the truck drivers, they come, you know, small enough, like area, New Zealand is small, like, you know, like the routine. And so when they see somebody different, it's like, Hey, I'm fundraising for camp. Yeah. Can I wash your windshield for a donation? They're sure. like, yeah, sure. Right? So they, they, they knew like, usually like they wouldn't have to pay for this, but that wasn't like the point. Like there was kind of this, New Zealanders are typically very generous people. Okay. Like when you when you look across, like so are Americans, but it just comes out in a different way. So Americans, I notice they tip a lot. Like that's like kind of a generosity inside. New Zealanders are like we have some of the highest per capita like sponsored children, right? So we like sponsor children all over the world. We we believe in like people having enough and be able to eat and get education and go to school, like compassion international world vision. These companies all do really well in New Zealand because we, we are happy to like give some of our wealth to away. Um, and so there's almost this, like we almost became the charity case, you know, needing to go to camp, but we were out there willing to do something to earn it. And so people were like, okay, no problem. Like, here you go. Like, here's your 10 bucks. <laughs> I love it. I love this story. You, I'm sure you have so many others. You know, it's, it, it, it doesn't shock me when I see like what you do on LinkedIn and what you're doing for people. Like you're a coach, you're always, you like, and you call yourself this like light in the world. And I'd love for you to explain like what you think that that means, like for you. So maybe you could start there. Cause I feel like you you have this connection with people that you've never met before and you somehow find a way to 
to not even just empathize you you really go beyond that because i feel like you you do you know really care about anybody that you know is out there listening to you know you not even listening to you but you just you just feel like anybody in the world if you're a human being has has some worth or value in your mind and you're you're here to um you know try to help them find it in themselves so maybe you know let me start with that question like what does it mean to be this light for other people in your if you could explain what you think that that means to you and what how do you view that absolutely so to know me is to know god in the sense of that he lives inside of me and him living inside of me equals light he's light in darkness he is light light we measure things in light years right like it's infinite it doesn't finish whereas darkness has an end and so i believe that in a lot of us we have dark areas of our lives that feel limitless the darkness feels all-consuming the darkness feels like it's too much and i'm here to say you know what darkness actually has an end and it it can it can flee in the matter of a second when light walks in the room Right. So when light shows up, darkness has to flee. And so in the same way, I believe that carrying light for me, my light doesn't dim anybody else's light. My light only helps another light shine. Right. When you put one piece of fire next to another piece of fire, it just becomes a brighter fire. And so in the same way, my job is to enforce that light, is to bring that light to places that are dark, ignite it in somebody else and help them carry their light strong. And so for me, I get passionate about this whole concept because like that was like Jesus, he said, I am the light of the world. And so when I know that he gets to live inside of me and I get to share that with others, because he also shared about how people had worth, right? He met people who were downtrodden, who weren't feeling good. They were alone. They were battling some hidden, hidden battles, right? They were battling stuff. Nobody else knew that they had going on. And he saw them where they were and said, you know, like, I love you where you are, but you don't have to stay here. And so in the same way, I want to meet people and say, Hey, I see where you are. Like, I want to bring light to this situation. And sometimes it like might feel bright, right? It's got so many analogies as we don't always like the fact that we need change. It's kind of like, you know, you've been living in darkness and then somebody turns on the light and they're like, that oh, it is too bright. <laughs> like I acknowledge that there's going to be some elements of my life where people are like, you're too bright for me. Like this is too much, but it, that does not diminish or take away from the fact that I'm still supposed to show up as light, right? I'm still supposed to show up fully for the person that I'm here to like meet. And I believe that like God's given me a ton of compassion in my life. I've done many things wrong and I've made many mistakes, but even inside my sales journey, God's given me the ability to be able to meet people where they're at, to be able to be there at the right place at the right time. And I've watched how, like, so I work a lot, even with my mom, my mom's actually an inner healer. She helps people get set free from past trauma and childhood mm. mess, all kinds of stuff. Wow. And a lot of the success and the reason that I'm even like the person that I am today is because she really helped me deal with stuff. She helped me deal with disappointment, right? Like often we can let hurt in when we get disappointed and we no longer get our hopes up. We no, no longer like decide that things can work for our good because we expected it to work out for good one time and we got severely disappointed. And so because we're in this place of disappointment, we're not actually letting ourselves like live 
properly for today because what if we get disappointed again right we get in this place of fear of of what if that happens over again and when we deal with disappointment we deal with hurt and when things happen to us that were outside of our control we can either get angry or we can forgive and we can move forward and so for me being a light is about like helping expose a lot of that stuff. Now, I don't necessarily counsel people through that. I, I send them to the professional, which at this point is my mom who's got 15 <laughs> years of experience helping people like wade through the mess and the muck and the just the garbage that life has thrown at them so that they can turn it into something beautiful. And then, you know, we have all these other factors that help us become better. Um, and that's why I'm passionate to be a coach. I was in New Zealand before I left. I was a community youth worker. My job was to sell young people on making better decisions in their life, right? That they didn't have to repeat the generational curses or iniquities or mess that their family had thrown them into as they were raised, right? Like they could... They could choose to keep stay in school. They could choose to make better choices and not hang out with certain groups of friends that were bad influences over their life. And so as a youth worker, I, I learned a lot about small communities of people that are really transient, that had literally nothing in their life was stable, right? I watched how instability happened and how it really affected the families. And so I think there's been a lot of experience inside of my life, which has caused me to always want to show up as light. I always want to show up as a place of, of comfort, a place of knowing, place of like people don't feel judged when they talk to me. They know that like I love them where they are, but I love them enough to not want them to stay where they are. Wow, man. You know, it's, it's, I feel like when you, 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 you know, when you talk, it's like everyone has these different, like, moments in their lives and emotions and they they're not always happy they're not always in a good place or or they're you know you see people very confident or things are going really really well and but it is that contrast i think you're you were talking about in that you know listen like i i'm just here to try to you know shine a light on some of those things and not let your mind kind of dwell in that area of disappointment because when you know we all will feel disappointment in our lives but it's really easy to stay in some of those places man and i'm like i i don't know i just i'm i'm really amazed honestly about how you can have that much um yeah kind of intentional care for other people that you've never really met i mean you're constantly trying to inspire people i think that's one thing i wanted to to try to maybe dig into like how some people may not consider inspiration necessarily selling, but in a way you're, you're changing their mind in a little bit, or, you know, you're not trying to, um, you're not trying to change their mind. I don't think you're just giving them another way to look at the, at how they're processing their lives maybe, and trying yeah. to lean on the side of, 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 of more so on, on the side of, that will you know get them through and, and and that is that that positivity and that light i'm curious to know you know how you view kind of that mindset in 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 terms of your sales career you know how how do you feel like what things do you think that are uniquely you that you do if i asked like some people clients or maybe even those people that were changing their lives like man like the thing i would remember most about joy is what you know, what would they, they say, you know, in those, in those circumstances, you think? So 
back when I was a youth worker, I remember one of the girls that I was working with and she was a pretty tough girl. She'd, she'd been through some things. She said to me that it wasn't that I was perfect. She said it was that we got to watch you fall down and get back up. And, you know, I'm like 19 and I'm like, <laughs> whoa, like, and it really changed the perspective of my life. Just hearing her perspective, because I wanted to be a good example for them. You know, I wanted to show them that righteousness was possible, that living a good life was, it was actually attainable, right? That it wasn't just a pipe dream. I wanted to show them that like people around them were, were able to do these things. And if they could do them, so, so could they. And so when I heard like, that was like, basically they watched me fail, but they watched me get back up and they watched how I handled life. It wasn't about whether my life was perfect. It was like how I handled it. It was like my response. And I've always believed that our response to life is our responsibility, right? That so we have responsibility. So we actually have the ability to respond accordingly in the right way right? That's where responsibility, the word came from. And so as I looked at that, and I've looked at how that's transpired in my sales walk, I absolutely have not done things perfect. I also learned that when you mess up in the way that you say something, like you maybe have a lisp, maybe you stutter or you jumble your words, which I used to mumble a lot before I came to America, Texas took away my mumble, pretty much had to learn how to like talk again, hence my accent changing. But like, I learned that even when you were like messing up your words, cause I would say, I still say stuff weird. In that video I posted on LinkedIn the other day, I think I said some, like I, I, I said like sure, or some word in a really strange way, right? But I've actually learned that instead of like beating myself up about my imperfections, that I, actually it actually made me more relatable like they i know that statistics the studies have actually shown that when you do like that stuff it actually creates a it's, there's a human element to you that actually draws people in because all of a sudden you're not a better than you're an equal right you're a partner and it kind of like and so even inside my sales walk i would lit like watch for areas that i made a mistake you know not that i ever wanted to make one it was just inevitable like <laughs> and so when i could like I like my mistake and kind of like almost like joke about it, you know, like oh, I butchered that word. I'm really sorry. Can't talk today. Whatever it was, like just <clears throat> even little things like that, it like brought in this humanity back to my like my presence being there, right? Because most of my selling had been face to face until this last couple of years. But when you did that, you all of a sudden you're human again right? Like you weren't just talking on behalf of a company, you're now actually human. And so I feel like that's been kind of big is this just, and people use the words like authenticity and all this, these other like really big key words right now, but this, this is that, but granular, right? It's the actual how, and the actual how is I just talk about where I messed up and I let it be instead of trying to cover it, right? In the same way that my, my kid, like with his show ran out, I'm like, look, Alex, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I gotta go and like put on a new show. Yeah. Like, let's do this. Yeah. Like that, that stuff is real. 
you know, like that's our real life. And so even when I'm posting on LinkedIn, if we're going to do a video, I'm like, you know, there could be a cameo of my child in here. Like, we don't know what's going to happen because like, that is real. That's the real, real. Now, if it doesn't happen, okay, we, <laughs> we lucked out, but like nine times out of 10, he's going to show up at some point. Right. And so if we keep pretending like we're just this kind of perfect persona, we take away our ability to truly connect. And so I think for me, it's just kind of, I've always been an open book. Like I, there's not much that I hide about my life, about who I am, about what I'm going through, like honesty and integrity. I just, I just be me, you know? And I remember being in high school and getting this kind of conviction. It was just like, you know what? If people don't like me, they can just fly a kite. Like I just like gave up caring, you know, yeah, like just no, I, I gave it, I gave it up. Like go fly a kite somewhere. I could, couldn't give a rat's rare end. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, so that being okay with who I am and my faults and my mistakes actually made me better at my job, I think, and in my sales walk because people kind of what they saw was what they got, got from me. And I, I strive always be that way because it's honestly a lot easier um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah a lot of people don't really consider all the like personal work you do on yourself and like just it's hard to not care because it's, it's it's such human nature to care about what people think about us and like how are we being perceived i'm constantly thinking like how how are my mess how's my messaging coming across how do i look and what is that and i think when people just know that you you know Yes, like you're, you're important to them. Like you do want to prepare, right? You you do want to yeah. present well and, and prepare. That's not like not caring, but not caring, really not caring about what people think. It's just like, I'm going to be who I am and and do what I need to. But like, ultimately, like there just won't be some people that dig you. And that's totally okay. They're not supposed to. You're not yeah. supposed to be liked by everyone. You're just supposed to be liked by yourself <laughs> like you feel good being around yourself and who you are and that you're not trying to hide anything or act and then typically people like go huh like they can be themselves around you too like then yeah. and you have that connection and then i make so many good friends and i end up going to lunch with my customers that i was never supposed to and i end up they still call me, hey, I, I need something moved. Do you happen to know anybody, right? Like they're just still in my phone. And I was, hey, Ivan, what's up, man? Like, like literally that's my life, right? It's because you just, you create these real, real relationships um, because they feel like they know you. Like I have a friend, I used to buy flooring from his company and now I go out and hang out on his boat with my family and it's a yacht it's got air conditioning. Like it's not just a boat, like, but that would never have happened if I didn't like let myself open up and actually talk about who I was instead of keeping things extra professional. Right. Like we, we get stuck in this like world of very professional and everything's just got to be on topic all the time. Yeah. And then we lose we lose all these beautiful relationships that are supposed it. to be coming our way. Yeah. You share so many great stories there, Joe. I'm just dying to ask you this. So like, what do you say? I'm going to play the naysayer. So like, I don't know if you've ever coached sales reps um, that have said this, but I've, 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 I've maybe heard sales reps to say this. It's like, look, you know, I, at the end of the day, I'm reaching out to like, you know, even if I'm only reaching out to five, 10 people or whatever it is, like at the end of the day, like I am trying to 
to get that meeting or whatever. And, you know, I don't know these people. I don't like, I feel like it's ingenuine to say, I really care about them or like what's really going on in your day. And like, I want to, you know, help you like with some deep thing with that's going on yourself. So what do you say to that person? It's like, I really don't like, I don't know if I really care that much about them. How can I have never met them? What would you say to that person? So I think that if anything matters, everything matters. Mm. So if you matter as a person, so do they. And so if having an interaction with that person would lighten their day, regardless of whether they buy from you or not, would that not be worth it? If somebody was to call you up and give you a fresh perspective and help you walk away with a new like pep in your step and you like felt, you know what? That was refreshing. That was different. I liked that. I felt better for after that than before I started it. Wouldn't you think it was worth it? And so in the same way, like, it's not about you, quite frankly. It's not. Because it's about community. It's about each other. And if we are calling with the right intent and the right heart, it will portray itself. It will come across. And in the same, same way, just not caring about somebody will come across. And so you have to choose what your heart wants to do. Like, do you want to help people to feel different, just like you enjoy feeling different? Or are you going to stick with the status quo and just to do the same smile and dial that everybody else does and get the same garbage results everybody else does? Like, what what's your choice what are you going to do it's a it's a you need to work on you so that you can have the right perspective working on them yeah oh my gosh i totally agree like yeah if, if anything matters everything does it's 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 so true we don't think about that like too much we just kind of we're so focused we think we're focused on the customer but like are we really like, are we really giving them the experience that like, if we were them, we would go, huh, this guy, this woman, this guy is, it's refreshing to get this type of experience. I don't mm -hmm. typically, this is not, this is different. Like I want to always, I'm thinking about that, like that feeling of like, this is refreshing because like everything else is like you said it's just the same it's garbage it's it's really just talking about problems that you solve and you know overcoming like what 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 they're going through or you know what your company does and instead of just like the person and like literally like just being like you know genuinely wanting to give them this experience that like if you were them you would you would want and uh, yeah we don't think about it enough i feel like we just kind of treat people we think we treat people as people but we're not doing the work maybe yeah it's, it's the same thing with emails like would you would you honestly read that if somebody sent it to you yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, if yeah. we could like oh. be honest with ourselves instead of so like oh, my writing here is amazing right yeah. or like Oh yeah, that's gonna do this, this, and this. Yeah, yeah, that'll get that'll get to them. And like your your open rate is less than ten percent, right? Like your subject line's garbage. Like, <laughs> like you wouldn't even open that yourself. If somebody sent that to you, you know, <laughs> you would not open it. You would go through and you would click the bulk, and then you click, 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 mark red or delete, 
and they would disappear into infinity, yeah, right? No. Like that is, that is the real life experience of what are we doing to be different? What are we doing to be real, to be human? Because the reality is often how we, we treat, we should be treating others the same way we would want to be treated ourselves. Yeah. Right. And so if we can, it's like the golden rule. If we could like actually like put that into play, I feel like we would see such a change in the way that yeah. you see like your sales and your, I love cold calling. I legitimately do. I'll give you, I'll give a trick that I do. Just, you know, a freebie for anybody who's listening this yeah. far. Oh, nice. So this one I call and I'm like, Hey, it's joy. And I don't even say who I'm with because it doesn't matter. They don't care. Like they don't, they legitimately don't care. I wait for them to ask me. And I just say, look, I just want to be really clear. I am not with Marriott rewards or your extended car warranty. Like hate those calls. Like I can't tell you how many I get. And it automatically opens the conversation up because we all relate. We're US, like we're like in the moment, right? Like we, yeah. we caught them in the moment because they're literally like, is this a real call? Or is this another one of those garbage things that just wasted another 40 seconds of my time today? and wasted some more of my battery on my phone and my watch because they're connected, right? And interrupted whatever it was I was doing in my train of thought, right? And so we have to get back in that amplification of where are they in that moment? And when you say that, you literally help them feel more at ease in the moment because you called out what it was that I'd already been thinking about. I remember one guy said to me, he's like, man, if I had a thousand dollars for every time I, wanted, I got one of those, I could retire <laughs> I <was> like, same <laughs> on a beach drinking something good. Like <laughs> what the heck? That's awesome. Uh, I'm, I'm going to, I may, you know, steal that from you, Joy. And if anybody's listening this right. far, you get a little bonus. That is awesome. You know, Joy, like I usually kind of close out, like, you know, kind of advice for people like where they're at, whether they're in sales or they may not even be selling. Like they're just... Some people that are teachers, there are people that are just any walk of life. I feel, I truly believe that everyone in the world, you know, has some situation. If they've ever been on a job interview, they've been selling. If they've ever had to, you know, get a, a mate, they were selling. So, you know, for the person that is not in sales, what are some things that you believe that all human beings have that could help them be more effective at the craft? And then, you know, take the person who's been in sales for you know, 10, 20 years, they've, you know, been through every sales training they've ever, there ever was. What advice may you give that person in terms of like what they should be doing to maybe rethink what they've, what they should be doing? So, I, I definitely agree. Every person is selling, whether they like it or not, you're selling something in the same way that when you say yes to something, you say no to something. It works both ways, right? We're always selling and I feel like this happens a lot inside because, because selling is relationships, right? It literally is. And so we are always giving an exchange and, and our experience is either good, bad, or indifferent, right? And I know that's something that's been thrown around a lot inside the sales world about how an experience feels. And so in the same way, like when you have interaction with people, maybe you're interacting with somebody who's selling to you. Maybe you're, in, you're actually convincing somebody that they should come on the family trip, right? Or maybe the family member needs to go and 
take better care of themselves and actually visit a doctor or right. There's all these scenarios in our lives where we're selling an idea. We're selling a better future. Maybe we're selling, you know, when you, when you're meeting somebody, you're like, okay, what's your five-year plan? You're selling the five-year plan. What, what would it look like to have a future with you? Right. That's one of the things that I asked my husband, right. Before we got married was like, what's your plan? Like, I want to know what my future is going to look like. And so we have to understand that we're always in this mode and we're either giving and receiving emotion inside that experience, right? There's still a transaction that takes place. Somebody's either walking away feeling better because they interacted with you or less ideal, right? Or indifferent, like, well, that was a waste of my time. And we all know people and neighbors and we can all think of interactions that fit any of those buckets, right? That are like, wow, that was like empowering. And I'm really glad I met that person. And all of a sudden, when you meet those people that you're like, wow, and you're like, let's add them to the friend circle, right? Like we want them close because they, they, they are empowering people, right? But in the same way, there's people that come around us and misery loves company, and they just com- grime and complain about all the other things that are going on in their life. And they're like, oh, me too. And then it's like, oh, yeah, they all of a sudden become part of the friend circle. Right. And so you got sold on, on a negative thing instead of a good thing. And so sometimes we're having to like decipher what kind of a person or experience we really want from life. And so I would say that e- like even the most experienced salesperson can still like get in a rut right? We just kind of keep do, repeating the same activities just because it's like, yeah, well, they worked all right in the past and you'd like, you lose some of your creativity. And so I would say that stay creative, stay true to who you are and what you want from life. What experience of life do you want? When you know what you want, you curate the things in it and around it to create what it is you want. And so it's curating the people, it's selling it, you're, you're, you're buying, you're in, you're in buyer mode in some senses, but then you're selling those people and why it would be a good, good idea for them to be in your circle. Right. Like, I know we're kind of going real deep right here. And I hope this is like the kind of advice you're really wanting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your stream of consciousness is the best joy with you. So I'm going to let you go. That's why I'm just listening. But basically that's, that's what I hear is like, what do you want in life? Yeah. Then you, once you know what you want, then you're able to curate the things in your life that match and meet up to those mm. expectations. I like it. Right. And then you bring in the people and you sell them on why your life is worthy of their, their, their beauty. You know, they're, yeah. they're part of it because you are the sum of your five closest friends, right? The yeah. people you spend the most time with, you're a sum of that. And so it's a sale like that yeah. right there is a sale. And is it a good one? Is it a bad one? <laughs> or is it, like that was a waste of 10 years. I should have chose better friends. Yeah. Right. Or is it a season that I was selling to them because they needed something from me? Yeah. Okay. And so like there's areas of my life where I know that I have friendships that I, I pour into They're strictly, I know that getting anything from the friendship is highly unlikely. And I'm okay with that because I know that I'm in their life for a season that they need me. And then there's other friendships where I know it's mutual and it's a beautiful, beautiful friendship that I know that if I need anything and I've, I've poured out a lot over here, I can come over here and they'll fill me up and we'll fill each other up. 
And so to me, that's all a sale. That's all, it's all sales because relationships, they are sales. Yeah. And I feel like that, that that advice you just gave could be given to the other person that feels like they, they know sales. They they You can never know everything you need to know in sales, right? But like, you know, people that are in 10, 20 years, you know, they may not be looking to get like super like in-depth sales training. Maybe like the best ones are, they're constantly honing their crap. But I feel like that what you just gave, I mean, that's that that can be applied to the trained salesperson now? What do you think? Mm -hmm. Okay. I I think so. Because even going through the root source after being a part of, you know, a sales, the sales world for a long time, you know, I've been selling since I almost started talking and I still was able to go back and revisit my vision. You know, what did I want my life to accomplish? What kind of impact do I want to actually have on the earth in my time in it. And it's, it's never too late to go back and say, you know what, what do I want to do? How do I want to finish? Right? What, what, do I, what is, how do I reverse engineer my life thus far so that I accomplish all that, all the impact that I, I was purposed to. Hmm. I always thought Jesus never accomplished his potential. He only ever accomplished his purpose. He did what he was if you look right. at human potential, right. he didn't even come close to measuring up, right? He only lived 33 years. <laughs> like, I'm about to be 33. <laughs> like, have I done all that and even no. that amount of time? Mm-hmm. You know? And so when I look at the whole picture, I'm like, you know what? We've got to know that our life is more than just our sales walk, that our sales walk can be a beautiful part of helping us achieve our impact. I and love that's it. what the legacy. Uh, that's so great. Joy, last question for you. It's just fun. It's about you. It's uh, the great human being. I mean, you've shared so many great stories with us today, but you know, this is kind of a fun or just fun one. If I, you know, and and I feel like we all have these unique stories and that's what we connect with others on. And that's why I asked this question. So it's about you. So it's what is one thing that could only and would only happen to Joy Carvajal? And, and another way to look at it is you know, if I asked your husband, like, that's something, that event or something about you that is just you and would only be something that you would do, what would that thing be? So one thing my husband, I remember there was like one of those board games and it was a question and it was like, if, if I was a cartoon character, a character out of a movie, who would I be? And he said, the little green girl from the movie Inside Out. And her name's <laughs> Joy, Right. And so for anybody who gets the gift from me on LinkedIn, it's more than likely going to be her like doing this because like that's, I, it, I watched that movie and I was like, I, I, I feel that <laughs> like that. I, I feel that. <laughs> that's awesome. Now I'm going to look at that movie differently. That's, that's funny. Yeah. So like I, the movie itself, you know, in that storyline, but the, that character and her emotion and how she always like charged forward. And it was always just, we're going to just believe for the best and we're going to find a way through this. And there is a way to problem solve this and we can do this. Like that was, that felt like the true version of me. Is it me every day? Not necessarily. Right. But that was like the true North of like who I am. And so as a salesperson, you naturally, you solve people's problems, right? Like you get given messes that you have to find a way to clean up. <laughs> and so, or you 
go in and purposely farm them. <laughs> There's different ways that we go about it, but at the end of the day, we're problem solving, right? Absolutely. And so I believe that we can problem solve with joy, with with like a positive outlook that there's always a way to make things happen and God's never let me down and he's not about to start. And so I am empowered and encouraged to be able to keep charging on so people know that they can come with me. So thank you. That's, that's a great answer. I'm going, you know, I'm going to watch inside out now. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing now, but you're going to make me watch it now. But, um, Joy, um, I hate to see you uh, go. We're going to have to have more conversations. This is an amazing first one with you. But if, if people want to have more conversations with you, where they where can they connect and find you and see you after this? Yeah, so I am on Clubhouse. Rebel Kiwi Joy is my, I think that's it. Handle. Anyway, yeah. I'm also Handle. on... <laughs> I'll, I'll go, I'm going to go and check. Rebel, Rebel Kiwi Light is what I'm uh, nice. on Clubhouse. Joy Hewitt Carvajal. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. I'm KiwiJoy7 on Instagram. So any of those platforms are good for outreach to me. I use LinkedIn every day a lot for a professional setting, but I'm also on the other ones as well. So happy to connect with anybody in any of those places. And if you want some counseling with my mom, I'll, I'll hook you up, but we'll talk about it first. <laughs> oh, wow. That's a huge offer. Well, Joy, yeah. I just loved you know having a conversation with you today. Um, hope this is the first of many more and just really appreciate you for coming on today. Thank you so much. Thanks, Alex. It's been All fun. Right. Yeah. Hey, gang. All right. Wow. You made it to the end. I know your time is valuable. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for spending your time here with me. If you heard a quote you liked, got a quick bit of value, or you have an idea that can help convince others to join, I urge you to take a minute and leave a five-star rating and review. That helps us gain influence and bring some really great guests on to add even more value to you and others. You can also always contact me directly and tell me your thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. All my info is in the notes. Let's help convince anyone that they have the ability to sell well just by being great humans. And this podcast is proof. All right, see you on the next episode of Stories of Selling Human.